trees this morning, church. Amen. Amen. Remain standing and grab your Bibles real quick. Grab your Bibles real quick. We'll be in Romans chapter number 10. Romans chapter number 10. Just a few verses there in Romans. Uh, we have been studying the last, actually, for probably about a month now on Wednesday night, uh, uh, we've been studying on false professions. False professions. Uh, many people profess to know Jesus, uh, but in reality, he doesn't know them. Uh, and, and that's a sad, sad, that's a scary thing, to be honest with you. That's a scary thing. Uh, throughout the book of John, as we've been studying, uh, we've been finding out that people were attracted to Jesus for, for, for many different reasons, but not necessarily for the right reason. Uh, they wanted him to fix them uh, physically, and they wanted him to feed them physically. Uh, but when he talked about their real need, their spiritual need, he came as a healer. He came as a provider. He came, uh, listen, as all of these things, but his primary purpose was to come as a Savior. As a Savior. Uh, Their greatest need was not something to eat, and their greatest need was not medicine for a sickness. Their greatest need was a Savior for their sin. They didn't want to hear that. They didn't want to hear that. So last week, uh, last week we just started on Sunday and uh, said this is too, too important. So we, we begin to look into this thing about false professions. Uh, false professions. Saying that you know Christ when in reality. Saying that you're saved or believing that you're saved and not truly born again. Uh, this is, this is uh, something that's, that's really close to me right now. I, I, don't, I don't know why. I guess God's just got it on my heart because we need to hear it and we need to learn it and study it. But last week we read, uh, and you just stay right there in Matthew, or excuse me, Romans 10. But last week, this is the verse we read and studied. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. But he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Many will say unto me in that day, Lord, Lord. In other words, they'll make it, we made a profession. Have we not prophesied in thy name, and in thy name cast out devils, and in thy name done many wonderful works, there's going, to be, there's going to be good people in hell. Then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. I thought all week, I thought how in the world, how in the world could we sit in an atmosphere like this? How in the world could people sit in an atmosphere of church and around the word and for all that extended period of time, most of their life, and still end up going to hell. How is that a possibility? And God led me to Romans chapter 10 and showed me some things. It's, gonna, it's just going to enlighten your mind. That It's amazing. Things don't really change. We just get older. How many of y'all figured that out? People are the same down through the centuries. Problems are the same down through the centuries. Issues are the same down. We think, oh, the world's getting more wicked. No, it's always been wicked. You just have the ability to see it now because of technology and social media and all of these things. But things are really the same. And as we read in God's Word, it's going to just illuminate and say, man, that looks like today. He could have wrote that yesterday and it still be true. Let's look at it. Romans 10, verse number 1. If you found your spot, say amen. Amen. Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel 
is that they might be saved. For I bear them record that they have a zeal of God, but not according to knowledge. For they being ignorant of God's righteousness and going about to establish their own righteousness, they have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. I want to I read those last two verses again. For I bear them record that they have a zeal of God, but not according to... For they being ignorant of God's what? Righteousness. And going about to establish their own righteousness, have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. There's a key word there. It it, it just shows up all through the verse. Righteousness. Righteousness. Father, I pray in Jesus' name that you'll help us today. Help me to be an encouragement. Help me to be a light. Lord, a light to shine in a dark place. Lord, to reveal what's really there. I pray in Jesus' name that you'll help us today. Open our eyes to truth. I pray that you'll speak to our hearts. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You can be seated. I want you to pray this prayer with me. I want you to pray this prayer. Everybody, everybody, I want you to pray this prayer with me. Dear Lord, open my eyes. Show me where I really am. Dear Lord, open my eyes. Show me where I really am. You say, is that biblical? Absolutely, that's biblical. David said, examine me, O God. Examine me. See if there be any wicked way in me. Listen, I want everybody, I want everybody to examine yourself, examine your heart, examine your life. Don't, don't, don't think you're saved because somebody told you you were saved. Don't, don't think you're in because of past history or past, uh, 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 you, you, you say, well, preacher, I've always gone to church. Listen, that's not a good indicator. And it, listen, there's going to be people, according to Matthew chapter 7, there's going to be people that's done good works. There's going to be people that served in the church. There's going to be people that's probably taught Sunday school. There's going to be deacons. There's going to be probably preachers who stood in the pulpit and preached a sermon that's going to stand before God and God tell them, I never knew you. I never knew you. So how is that possible? I got another question. How is it possible? How is it possible that a nation... A nation that was singled out by God, that was called out by God, that God specifically chose and said, you're going to be my people. And he gave them unbelievable privilege above every other nation on the planet. And every ordinance they had, every ritual they had, every meeting they had, everything in the tabernacle, everything in their worship pointed to the Lord Jesus Christ pointed to the Messiah, pointed to the Savior. Every Bible character, usually in the Old Testament, was pointing to Jesus coming, and they rejected him. How's that possible? How is it possible that a nation so privileged and so honored and so blessed and so favored by God could turn their back literally on the Messiah that God sent to them and crucify him? Here we find in these verses probably, you know, four characteristics that, that just stood out. But I, I want to I I clarify something here. 
There's that word righteousness that keeps coming up, okay? That word righteousness that keeps coming up. Look, look I want to read just a few verses for you this morning and then we'll get, we'll get started. As maybe a supplement to the message this morning. 1 Corinthians 6, verse 9. 1 Corinthians 6, verse 9. Pay close attention. Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Be not deceived, neither fornicators, that's sex out of marriage, nor idolaters, that's anybody that puts anything before God, nor adulterers, that's, that's, that's being married and having sex outside of that marriage, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, that's talking about homosexual behavior and unnatural relations, nor thieves, that's self, self-evident, nor covetous, those who desire what somebody else has all the time, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners. Revilers are those who gossip about everybody and run everybody down and crucify people with their mouth. Nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. They shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Verse 11, and such were some of you. Such were some of you. But ye are washed. That's a spiritual cleansing. That takes place at salvation. That's that song they were singing about a while ago. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Amen. But ye are washed. But ye are sanctified. Sanctified means I have a new behavior. When I got saved, God began the process of sanctification. That means cleaning up, clearing up, fixing up, straightening up, ordering things in my life and getting me to change. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. When I was washed, I took on a new behavior and a new activity. I was sanctified. But ye are justified. Just as I got a new behavior, now I have a new standing. A new standing. Justified means justified had never sinned. You say, preacher, what is my new standing? In order to understand the new standing, you got to know what your old standing was. And in the old standing, I was an enemy to God. I was on the outside of God's family. I was an enemy to the things of God and righteousness and holiness. But when I got saved, I got a new standing. When I got saved, God didn't look at me as a corrupt, broken down sinner. God looks at me in the righteousness of his dear son. Somebody say amen. Listen, I'm sanctified, cleansed by the blood of the Lamb. I have a new standing, but ye are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of God. Now, I want to say something. I want to say something about all those sins we listed. Fornicators, idolaters, adulterers, effeminate, revilers, extortioners, drunkards, all these things. Now, this is not saying that a redeemed man cannot commit these sins. A redeemed man can commit one of these sins. But he's not going to live a lifestyle, an unbroken pattern of these things. He will not practice these things. Are y'all with me? Do you understand the difference? Do you understand the difference? A saved man, listen, before he ever does these things, God is whooping him already. God is saying, don't do that. The Holy Spirit is saying, don't do that. After he does it, he's miserable. He's, he's, listen, he's broken because he did. He has sorrow in his heart because the Lord won't let him stay in that condition. There's a big, big difference. And if we live in a pattern, if we stay in a pattern of our life, we need to check up because we don't have the Spirit of God in our hearts. Romans 1.18, 1 
for the wrath of God. For the wrath of God. Watch this. The wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all. Say that with me. Against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth and unrighteousness. 1 John 1, 8. We say that we have no sin. We deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sin and to cleanse us from all what? Unrighteousness. Do you see all of that? You see that that word unrighteous, unrighteous, unrighteous. Uh, Righteousness, the righteousness of God. We read in Romans 10, uh, the righteousness of God. Righteousness. Really, if you you want to break that word down, uh, you know, the definition, different dictionaries will give you holiness, purity, uh, godliness, uh, but just a real plain, simple definition means basically a right standing with God. How many, how many of y'all have ever heard the terminology or the phrase, you need to get right with? That's basically what that's saying. Being righteous means I'm right with God. I'm in a right place with God. I'm in a right standing with God. If that makes sense, say amen. amen. Now, with that in mind, with that in mind, how many of you know you have to be righteous to get to heaven? Amen. How many of y'all know the judgment of God is going to come on the unrighteous? Okay, all right, now here's, here's, here's how, let's, let's attack this verse now. Let's study these two verses here in Romans chapter number 10. What was it? How in the world does a nation, a people, a group can be that favored, that privileged, and have that much revelation in their lives and in their history and deny and reject the Messiah? How could that happen? Let's look at it. Paul is saying, let me tell you what I see. He says, I bear them record. I bear them record. What Paul is saying, this is what I see in the deal. This is what I see in the situation. This is what's going on. And by the way, by the way, God showed me something about witnessing too in this verse. This is really not part of the message. I'm going to throw this in and not charge you nothing. Amen. This is free of charge right here. He said, my heart's desire and prayer for Israel is that they might be saved. Is that they might be saved. Listen, there's a verse in Acts 20 that talks about Paul saying, I've warned them day and night with tears. We see his passion, my heart's desire. Listen, we see his prayer, his prayer. I'm praying and I'm begging God. We see his pursuit is that they might be saved. Why are we doing this? Paul's saying, I'm I'm sacrificing, I'm suffering, I'm I'm, I'm getting uh, stripes on my back. I'm I'm suffering shipwreck. People are out to kill me for one simple reason. I do what I do and I pray how I pray and I preach how I preach because I want them to be saved. I want them to be delivered. I don't want them to go to hell. Are y'all with me? Now, you look at that and then you look at a modern day Christian. Why, what, what, is the biggest, what is the biggest comeback from, from sinners uh, to saints who are trying to witness and to try? Uh, and some of it's founded, some of it, and I'll, I'll say that, but you're being judgmental. If you say you're a sinner, if you say you're a sinner and you need Christ, they're going to say you're judgmental. You're just being judgmental. You're just a hypocrite. You're being judgmental. No, it's not. We don't want you to go to hell. Now, now watch this. Now watch this. I got to hurry and get the message, but I got to get this out. The reason they, some of them feel like that is because you're doing it wrong. 
The way you witness, you are judgmental. If you're wanting to share what you have with somebody so they can be good like you, it's the wrong reason. Because if you portray that you're good and they're not, that's right, I'm preaching now. Keep the word we in your conversation all the time. We are sinners. We are broken. We are in need. Are y'all with me? Boy, if we could have the heart of Paul and know that we're broken. Listen, sinner today, I'm not telling you that, that idolatry is wrong or, or adultery is wrong or fornication is wrong simply because you're doing it. I'm telling you that because the Bible says those that practice those things are going to go to hell. And I want you to be saved. Saved. That's the motivation. If that makes sense, say amen. Now we see Paul's heart, his desire. He wants them to be saved so bad. He said, here's the problem. He said, they got a problem. First, he says this, they have a zeal of God. If you're taking notes, write this word down. First thing we see, they, they, they were zealous. They were zealous. They were zealous. They had a zeal of God. They had a zeal of God. God. In other words, they were very sincere about their religion. And I titled, I titled this today, I titled this today, Religious but Not Righteous. Religious but Not Righteous. You see, they were very religious. They were very religious. They crossed all their T's, they dotted all their I's, they followed the law. Per se, the best they could. They did all the things. They, they, they were good people. Almost too good. Because they became self-righteous. You see, if we just want to play, put it in simple terms, and basically, they did not think they needed to be saved. They thought it was the Gentiles that was broken. They thought it was the Gentiles that was corrupt. They thought it was the people outside of the nation of Israel because they always fell back on their heritage. They always fell back on their bloodline. They said, we be the children of Abraham. We're good. That's why Jesus told the story of the, of the angry brother with the prodigal son. Everybody looks at the prodigal son's story and they think everything, the whole story is about the prodigal son. Oh, the prodigal son, the prodigal son, the prodigal son come home, the prodigal son got up out the hog pen and come home. The whole point and the moral of the story was not the prodigal son, it was the sorry brother at home. Because the brother at home never left, but he was angry when the brother come home. And the nation of Israel was the older brother. Study it. That's why he told the story of the, listen, uh, the Pharisee in the temple praying. There's a publican over here. There's a sinner over here. He knows he's a sinner who would smote his breast and say, I'm just a sinner. Oh, have mercy on me. And this Pharisee's over here praying and said, I do this and I do that. And, I, and thank God I'm not like. Let me tell you their problem. They didn't think they needed to be saved. They were zealous. They were excited. Watch this, watch this, let's, 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 uh, let's, let's compare this, let's apply this to today, let's apply this to today. Let me tell you something people, there's a whole lot of people, there's a whole lot of people that loves church, they just don't like Christ much. Yeah. Yeah. 
I see that look. How can you love church and not love Christ? You tell me. Did Jesus not say, why call you me Lord, Lord, and do not the things that I say? It's easy not to love Christ when you don't want to do what he tells you to do. When he tells you to be holy for I am holy. When he tells you don't be shacking up with somebody before you're married. Don't be messing with somebody else that you ain't married to. Oh yeah, that's easy not to like that. If you want to live like that. Man, we can love church. We can love the ritual. We can love the singing. I've seen people all the time come in and just blend in. Just come. Has no Listen, come to church and they like the singing. They like the atmosphere. They like the people. They like the fellowship. They like the social aspect of everything. But in all reality, they've never come under condemnation of their sin. They've never seen themselves as a sinner undone without God and in humbleness and humility come and bow before the King of kings and the Lord of lords and submit themselves to salvation. They like church. It's a popularity thing. I hate to say it. I hate to say it, but it's a popularity thing. There's people that go from church to church to church, whichever is the popular flavor of the month. At a time as they star, then it could be temple, then it could be wherever, desperation, or just whatever's popular at the time. It has nothing to do with Christ. It has nothing to do with submitting to the Word of God. It's what's popular and where to hit people going. Look around. Zealous. Zealous. They like the ritual. They like the ritual. You see, these people, they loved the, the worship. Now watch this. Now I'm, I'm, fixing, to, I'm fixing to get tight. We're going to... We're going to get right next to the cob right here. They worshipped their worship more than who they were supposed to be worshipping. In other words, in other words, their worship became the object of their affection. Yeah, that's right. They did that. I tell you what, I'm, I'm glad. Oh, wait a minute. You mean like people worship Sunday school? You mean like when people worship the red back hymnal? Yeah. Oh, like when people. Don't we love it when he's preaching on everybody else? Hey, and it's both ways. People worship contemporary music too. It, it, there's no end to it. But when what you do becomes the object of your affection and not who you do it for. You see, they love the ritual. They love church. They love their religion. But the problem is, is they were worshiping in an empty tabernacle. And an empty temple. They're in the temple worshiping. And he's on the outside coming down the street. They're in the temple having their church. And Jesus is coming down the street and they're crying, Hosanna. 
and the religious people come out and say, tell them to quit. Let that sink in a minute. They were zealous. They were sincere. How many of y'all know you can be sincerely wrong? He said they had a zeal of God. They had a zeal of God. They looked right. They looked righteous. They looked religious. They, they, they looked apart, but it was, just, it was just heat without light. Then number two, number two, they were not only zealous, but unfortunately, unfortunately, they were ignorant. They had the, they, the, the Bible says they had a zeal of God, but not according to knowledge. Come on, everybody, say it. Not according to Knowledge. Not according to knowledge. Now watch, what did they not know? Knowledge means no. Knowledge means no. What did they not know? They did not know this. Verse 3. For they being ignorant, and by the way, if you get upset because I use the word ignorant, it's right there in verse 3, okay? And, and basically, ignorance is not a derogatory term. Ignorant means you don't know. You lack knowledge. Does everybody understand that? Okay? Listen. For they being ignorant... Of God's, boy, that's going to make a whole lot of sense here in just a minute. For they being ignorant of God's righteousness. You see, he talks about two kinds of righteousness here in this next verse. But the only one that counts is God's. The only one that counts is God's. Anything other than God's righteousness is unrighteousness. They were ignorant. Now, if you're taking notes, write these two things down. How many of y'all know in churches all over America today, there's some ignorant people? And like I said, don't get all sideways about that word. It means lacking knowledge. There's ignorant people. They're ignorant. They're lacking knowledge. God's word said this, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. There's two things here going with this deal, though. There's two things going with this deal. First, there is a willful ignorance. There is a willful ignorance. But then there's a deceptive ignorance. Now, the deal with these people, the deal with the nation of Israel, it was a willful ignorance. They willfully chose not to believe, not to know, not to understand, not to learn. Jesus tried to tell them over and over and over again, but they were so caught up in the ritual. They were so caught up in their religion. They were so tied into their belief and stubborn about it, they refused to hear what Jesus had to say. There's people in this, this audience right now that's mad at me right now because I said something about Red Book Hinman. And I didn't, I didn't say any, I like Red Book Hinman. I like all the songs and I grew up singing them all my life. But when you worship that and not who the Red Book sounds to and is singing about. But here's what happens. We get prideful and we get mad. We don't like it. And so what do we do? We choose to stay in the state we're in. When Jesus healed on the Sabbath day, it infuriated them because it went against their tradition. When he did the things that he did, and spoke, spoke evil of their way and their hypocrisy and their rituals that they created and not God. It made them mad. And when it makes them mad, yeah. I refuse. Yeah. 
I refuse. Listen, they were ignorant. They just didn't know. They, they did not know. They did not understand. They did not have the knowledge of God's righteousness. In other words, what God says it takes to be in a right standing with him. Some of this is willful, but unfortunately, the sad part is some of it's deception. What does that mean? False teaching. False teaching. Just be good. People come into churches all the time in America. People come to churches all the time in America and blend in. And blend in and just start participating and start getting involved. And never, never come to a place where they get right with God and humble themselves and submit to God's righteousness. And the sad part is there's churches all over America that won't tell them what I'm telling you right now. And won't even go to Matthew 7 and deceive people. Ignorant. Thirdly, here's what happens Here's what happens when people are zealous and ignorant. You're you're excited. You're excited. You you like church. You like religion. You like what's happening. You like all of that. And, 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 And you're just ignorant. You don't know what's right. You don't know what's true. You don't know what God says about it. When you're you're zealous and you're ignorant, then you get number three, you get creative. You get creative. Watch this. I'm just, this is verse by verse, guys. First it says they have a zeal of God. Then it says, but they were ignorant. They were ignorant of God's righteousness. So what did they do? What do zealous people who are ignorant of the right way do? They make their own way. The Bible says they went about to establish That means to replace or create, establish their own righteousness. They get creative. All right, now, I need everybody to look at me and and take a deep breath. I learned from Dr. Finch in our, in our, our, uh, our, our depression course and training and all that. Everybody, everybody do this. Make two fists. It's not what you think. <laughs> now, 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 now grip him real tight. Now let it go. And take a deep breath. <sighs> Y'all ready for this? We criticize the nation of Israel for making a golden calf. When he, we have some of our own. We'll look at the missionary pictures from India and we'll look at missionary pictures from overseas where they're starving to death and yet there's cows walking in front. I'm talking about T-bones and ribeyes. Say amen right there. Walking right in front of them. And they won't. And we say, that's so ignorant. These people are starving to death, but they're bowing down to a cow. How silly is that? They're bowing down and worshiping a cow. How crazy and ignorant is that? What have they done? They've created their own righteousness. They've established their own religion. They've established their own belief system. Y'all with me? 
Now watch. Now I know what you're thinking. I'm glad we're not like them. Are we? How many people today? You have in your mind right now what you think is good enough. Now don't say nothing. Don't amen. I don't even hear no amens or old me's or pointing or elbow. Nothing. Just listen. Everybody in this room right now has in their own mind what they think is good enough. How many times do I need to attend in a month and it's good enough? How many times do I need to show up? How much money do I need and it's good enough? How much, how much of this or how much of that? What do I do? How much do I participate? Oh, it's good. I don't have to serve. I don't have to submit. I, I just, I got, and in your mind, you're good with what you've created. No matter what's preached, no matter what's said, no matter what's, it, it, it's irrelevant because you've created in your own mind what is good enough. And that's sad. Because instead of, you remember what I said last week? It's not that people are not worshiping Jesus. They're not worshiping the Jesus of the Bible. When, when someone can live in open, blatant sin, and you just name it. Anyone, any of those we name right there, just living in it in a pattern of life and, and stand with a smile on their face and even come to church and think everything's fine. And, and they've created a Christ that fits their desires. And when you don't know the real God, but you're excited about religion, and you want to stay in because you're supposed to go to church, and, 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 and you mix ignorance with zealousness and zeal, you, you get creative. And so what did they do here in the nation of Israel? God gave them the word, the Torah. Say that with me. God gave them the, the Torah. But then they added the Mishnah. The Mishnah. That was, that was man's idea. That was man's rules. They, they, this, was what, this was what man's religion. And you know what I see in that? You know what I see? This is what makes it so dangerous. There was a little bit of God and a whole lot of man. You know what makes religion so dangerous, especially false religion? Is you get just enough God in it to make it sound good. And then you mix what you want to do and your beliefs and what you desire in it and create your own righteousness. Let me tell you something, ladies and gentlemen. Your righteousness is unrighteousness. If it's not God's righteousness, it's unrighteousness. Creative. I, I see this, this point right here. I see more and more and more and more. Here's what's happening. We begin to operate with feelings and not facts. I was listening to a, I was listening to a debate. I was listening to a debate uh, between a, a pastor and a spiritualist, whatever that is. Uh, and, 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 and the pastor was telling them about sin, about heaven, hell, save, loss, uh, what it takes to be right with God, that Jesus is the only way. And, and, and she was just sitting over there with a smirk on her face and just shaking her head. And, 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 and I'm real familiar with the pastor that was in the debate 
and uh, I was thinking, you better watch it, woman. Because this guy is sharp, and he knows his Bible. And this is how she started. This is how she started her conversation. Not on any place or sense of authority. This is what she said. Well, I feel, and I think, that it's all about karma. What good you do will come back to you. What bad you do will come back to you. Only problem with that is how you feel about something's irrelevant. See, there's no authority behind her words. We have an authority. Ladies and gentlemen, you may believe it, you may not believe it, but this Bible is the sole authority for life and living. What's the point, preacher? We cannot create our own righteousness. We, we cannot create, you know, I, I looked, I tried to find, I tried to find a, 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 a story that I had, I had found years and years ago. Uh, a thief was caught. A thief was caught. And, and, and I wish I had every detail because it was a great story. But this thief was caught and on his possession was his own manifesto. It was his own, basically, his own list of morals. In other words, he said, I will never steal from the poor. I will never steal with a weapon. I will ne-. And he had like 15 or 20. I will never steal with, I will never bring anybody into harm. I will never, he had his own list of morals. You say, preacher, that's ridiculous. I know. Because he still went to jail. Because the more, watch this, the righteousness he created. Does this start to make sense now? You're not going to be able to go to heaven and stand before God and say, well, God, I, I, I determined in my life I would never do this, I'd never do that, and I'd never go here, and I'd do this, and I'd do that. And he'd say, Now watch. You say, well, preacher, what, 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 how? Our righteousness is not going to cut it. No. Well, what is God's righteousness? Jesus. Yeah. All right, all right. Let me give you the last one. Let me give you the last one. Y'all, y'all have enjoyed this so much today. <clears throat> Number one, they were. Come on, everybody. They were. Number two, they were. Ignorant. Number three, they were. And number four, this is the worst of all. They were stubborn. Watch what it says. Watch what it says. Look at the next next part. For I bear them record that they have a zeal of God. They were zealous. They like religion. They like religion. But not according to knowledge, for they've been ignorant of God's righteousness. They, They were ignorant. They didn't understand. They didn't know God's righteousness. So they went about to establish their own righteousness. We're just going to create our own. We're going to create our own list of morals. We're going to create our own list of do's and don'ts. And they did. Watch this. They have not, what's the next word? Submitted. Say that with me. Have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. And what is that? It's Jesus Christ. To make a long story short, in this chapter, they were so 
convinced and so confident in their own behavior, in their own good works, in their own self-righteousness. They didn't think they needed salvation. They didn't think they were bad people. They thought they were good. They thought they had the God's favor. They were God's chosen people. They didn't think they needed a Savior. And because of that, when truth came, when the light shined in the darkness, when he came into his own, his own received him not. They refused to submit to the righteousness of God. And what is the righteousness of God? It's faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and submitting to the Lord Jesus Christ and his rule in your life. What is the point? You cannot get saved until you get lost. It is easier for a bad person to get saved than it is a good person. Convincing a good person that they're lost is hard. Well, I've been good and I don't do this and I'm a pretty good... Ask anybody. Are you going to heaven? Oh, yeah. Well, what are you you depending on to get you there? Well, I've been good. I I, I don't do bad stuff. I'm a good guy. How many of y'all know good old boys will go to hell? You can never drink, never smoke, never dip, never chew, never run with those who do, and bust hell wide open. In in the list of people that will be in the lake of fire, I mean, it's it's horrible sinners. Then all of a sudden you come under one, unbelievers. Because they refuse to submit. They've refused to see themselves as sinners. So preacher, I've been in church my whole life. It doesn't matter. I grew up a preacher's kid. I grew up, my mom taught Sunday school. I had it all. I come up in church and everything else. I wasn't what my dad was, but I was still a sinner. And I was unrighteous. I did not have the righteousness of God. I didn't have the righteousness of Christ upon me until I submitted to the Lord Jesus Christ and said, forgive me, save me, I'm a sinner. And at that point, Jesus came into my life and saved my soul. Preacher, who are you talking to today? Whoever he's talking to today. And you know right now, because your heart's pounding out of your chest right now. You're who I'm talking to. He's trying to tell you church is not enough. Baptism is not enough. Good deeds is not enough. Great attendance is not enough. All those things are important and all those things are necessary. All those things are good. We need to be obedient. We need to be faithful. We need to be committed. But first you have to be saved. Well, preacher, what are people going to think? They think I'm saved already. If I, I don't care. I'm going to tell you this right now. I wouldn't go to hell for nobody. I don't care what they think. I don't care who they are. It doesn't matter to me. I ain't going to hell for nobody. Let me give you one last word. It's really not a point, but you, whatever. What causes somebody to be stubborn? What causes somebody to be stubborn? That's right. Pride. You know why there's going to be a ton of people to open their eyes in hell one day? Pride. Pride. You know what? That's why God hates it. How many of y'all husbands will admit today 
for about three seconds. There's been times the argument went way further than it should have because of any, any honest husbands in the house. Pride. Don't go to hell because of pride. If God is speaking to you today, submit to him. Don't trust in your good deeds. Don't trust in your good works. Don't trust in the, the amount of service you've put in. Don't just because you like church, you like the rituals, and you like the songs, and you like the social atmosphere. Just because of all of that, have you submitted to Jesus? Because you cannot, say that with me, you cannot, you cannot get saved until you get lost. These people did not consider themselves lost. And when Jesus tried to show them they were lost, when he said, don't depend on Abraham, you remember when he said, ye shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free? Boy, that chapped them. We've never been in bondage to any man. I guess they forgot that 400 years in Egypt. We've never been in bondage. We be the children of Abraham. They thought everybody else was lost but them. Guess what? They died and went to hell. Because being sincere is not enough. Creating your own list of morals is not enough. Until you come and submit to Christ, you will always be unrighteous. Because the only righteousness that's going to get us in is the righteousness that he gives us from the Lord Jesus Christ. Next week, we're going to jump on this more. Let's pray. Father, I pray for that.